0: Wanderings. This is Sandy Washington with Sill Stenman, and we have a special guest today, Nikki Weiberg, who is assistant director of nursing in Timbers.
1: Well, we're going to find out where Timbers is, uh, what you do there. But Nikki, we're going to start with you. Let's say around around age eight. What
2: were you doing at age eight? Well, my dad... Good morning, everyone. And my dad, um, he... I'm from Iowa, and so he was a... Um, he worked for a TV station, Channel 8, in Des Moines, Iowa, and so he did the, um, all the production and everything, so he got me into, I did a commercial for the kids' calendar, so when I was eight years old, I was on a commercial and talking about what activities were up for the, for the month, so pretty exciting, exciting stuff when you're eight (laughs) you 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 didn't follow that career no
1: (laughs) no no no. (laughs) but you did live in iowa for a long time and um, tell us about life in iowa and your family and
2: um let's see i have my mom and dad who are still alive they still live in iowa and we lived in the city, not on a farm. My mom was raised on a farm uh, in northern Iowa. And uh, I have an older brother and named Tyler and a younger sister named Ashley, so I am the middle child. And um, my older brother, he was born mentally and physically disabled. So I'm kind of like the kind of like the oldest child, middle older child. So, um, but he still lives with my parents as well. So the three of them are back in Iowa. My little sister, she has a family, and they are currently. Her husband is a pharmacist in the army, so they are right now posted in uh, El Paso, Texas. Now, you talked
1: about um, living with your brother. And how this has affected you and influenced you, and I, I loved hearing about this. And
2: how
0: old is your brother?
2: Um, well, he actually has a birthday this month, so he turns forty-six on the fourteenth. Um, but yeah, I said that growing up. I mean, my brother kind of influenced how how I am today, um, very much so. Uh, growing up, I you know, saw people in a different light because I saw a lot of people when we would go out places with my family, they would be pointing and talking and making fun of my brother. Um, so that was kind of a hard thing. I think seeing your older sibling or anyone in your family, really, um, people making comments and staring and, um, you know so that kind of skewed my thoughts of people I think a little bit um, but also um, as a family um, all of my family on um, my parents both my mom and dad's side they're all um, in Iowa and so all my cousins and my sister and I we would take the day off from school for Special Olympics Day we would help out you know so that's kind of a big part of um, my life and advocating for people that can't necessarily speak for themselves is just because we had so much fun with those kids at, you know, Special Olympics. I would volunteer for other Special Olympic things and stuff just because it's, you know, it's very fulfilling and they're great people to be around. They're very happy and uplifting. And you saw that happy side
1: of Mm -hmm. the life that he can have. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's great how you say that he's, he can be Enjoy life to his capacity, Mm -hmm. and you enjoy that with him, seeing that he can be happy, and he is. But
0: you didn't always see the good in people because of the way they treated him.
2: Right. Yeah, definitely. Especially, I mean, he was mainstreamed. So we were at the same elementary school. So kids would pick on him. Um, You know, I saw a lot of hurtful, mean things. And, you know, I suppose that hasn't changed much today um, in today's society with people that are different in any way. Um, So yeah, I've seen the good and the bad, but it's definitely um, spilled over into... My career, what, what, and what I, I still do remember. now. Yeah. Sandy,
1: you were talking about something that's posted on your refrigerator, a really good saying. I, I kind of putting you on the spot, but it was so good at this point.
0: <laughs> Which one I have lost. Well, about <laughs> things that you hear. Oh yes, I think it was from Maya Angelou. Something, you don't, you don't remember what people said to you, and you don't remember what they did to you. But you always remember how they made you feel.
1: And those feelings stay with us, I think. Always. They do.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think people underestimate, like, when you're a young child, how much... You retain and you know that was very impactful for myself for my my cousins for my sister you know so it kind of shaped us in how we want to treat people and feel people should be treated um, especially people that can't speak for themselves
0: well and you said that you always advocate for people who don't have a voice
2: mm-hmm. yeah A hundred percent. I think that's why um, I was when I was in Iowa, I was a pediatric nurse at a children's hospital for eight years. So I worked with general pediatrics as well as hematology and oncology. Uh, So when I came here, you know, that's the great thing about nursing. You can switch You know, you there's so many different aspects so you can kind of try different things out. So um, I started working as standalone memory care here. Uh, And again, that's people are, you know, they're like, oh, that's a huge jump. I'm like, is it? I mean, (laughs) we can, you know, we kind of we start to regress a little bit and go back to, you know, how we used to act. We live in a different time, specifically people with any type of dementia or cognitive Um, Disability. You know, yeah, yep, exactly. So um, for sure, people that don't have a voice, I mean, a lot of that is dementia, people who have that, and uh, people who have suffered strokes have, you know, are unable to speak or get things out, you know, they can't express themselves the same way. So same thing. It's very similar. Again, it's just, you know, trying to be the voice for those that don't have one or can't use it or, you
0: know important how how did you choose holly creek how did you what was your path to coming to holly creek
2: um well you know i am i worked with maddie chapman and she is the assistant executive director i believe is her title and i could be wrong on that so don't quote me on that (laughs) but you're on the air i know i know maddie is going to be like you've got it wrong or something but um, so she works with Michelle the executive director and so but Maddie um, Maddie and I worked together at an assisted living and so she once she she went to Sommer and Glenn first and then now she's over here and she just told me about how great I mean being stuck in the corporate world is very different and so it's a lot different than a a nonprofit. And so it sounded like an amazing thing and finally something opened up as far as a position. So because people they like it here, you know. They work here, they stay here for years and years. So <laughs> it was just open waiting for the the right opening and the right time. So wow. here I am.
1: <laughs> and we know that you have a husband. Mm-hmm.
2: Tell us about your family now. Your um, My family, my husband's name is Klaus, K-L-A-S, so he's very, his family's very Swedish, Scandinavian. Uh, his siblings are Kaisa, Kjell, and Karin, so they all have those very Swedish, uh, we celebrate lots of Swedish things like Santa Lucia Day, um, Christmas is always very Swedish with all the food, Swedish rye bread, Swedish meatballs, all the things. Um, and I have three children. I've got two boys, one age 13. He has ADHD. So he, um, is always kind of a little bit of a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. We have an 11 year old, uh, son. Uh, he is our sports kiddo. He loves doing everything sports related. And then I've got my nine year old daughter, uh, and she, she actually, for anybody that was up in Alpine for the Santa Lucia day last December, my mother-in-law came and she was presenting and my daughter also was there. She was eight at the time, but she came along to help out with the, the little crown of. So she was Lucia that day? Yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So she enjoyed that a lot. Um, and uh, so my daughter, sh- my nine-year-old, she was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes uh, a year ago in January. So she also is a work in progress, I suppose as we all are in general. But
1: So there's a lot of things that you've had to do with her and she has to learn. And I was glad to hear that the cost of insulin is now
2: more reasonable it's oh capped. yeah yeah, capped yeah they have is that capped and that the, the 35 great thing do- is it $35? yeah yeah I think 35 and that goes I mean it's across the board for people who have insurance and people who don't have insurance so that's a that's a game changer for a lot of people because oh, wonderful you know your yeah. body just can't and especially I mean we're seeing more too of people who are coming to rehab or are in the hospital right now that have uncontrolled diabetes mm-hmm. um and for whatever reason that might be you know but there's insulin's a very important thing for those people so she doing okay this is kind of a new diagnosis but you know it's a daily thing it's a she has she has to wear two devices that are attached to her body um all day for you know the rest of her life so um it's a challenge uh but she goes swimming She goes skiing. Yep. She's a skier. She's, you know, she enjoys that. It hasn't stopped her from doing things. Uh, We've definitely made lots of modifications. And I mean, I have candy right now here in front of me because uh, someone gave this to me um, because she can keep these Smarties in her pockets and um, it helps when her blood sugar goes low. And so, you know, she needs to have a quick pick-me-up to get her blood sugar up. And so someone gave us a really good tip. And so she's pretty excited that she's, I'm going to bring home this bag, (laughs) this bag (laughs) of candy for her to (laughs) stick in her pockets when she needs it. So we're trying to help her to be more independent with it um, and regulate it on her own. But obviously, being nine years old, we still need to help out. Oh, sure, Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Now tell us. What what do you do in Timbers? First of all, where is Timbers located? We have f- several new people that come in and don't often get to see the Suites area the, of Holly Creek. So where are you located? What do you do?
2: Um, so I'm the assistant director of nursing. So I work with Rachel Huntsman. She's the director of nursing. And so I do kind of a lot of things. I do discharge planning. Um, I set up appointments. I... Uh, help make sure I work with Crystal, who sets up appointments uh, or transportation. So I work closely with her. Um, I work with therapy and the doctors just to um, the plan of care to make sure that's correct. Where For any of the residents that are coming in for rehab or also any of our long-term people that we have, we work with hospice. I kind of do a little bit of everything. Rachel and I both help with wound care rounds. So we work with the wounds. Um, and do you welcome volunteers? Yes. Yeah, we actually, um, there's been some really great volunteers. Those that have special needs, um, we've noticed are coming more into the Timbers area, which is the Suites is located, I don't even know what side of the, I'm not a, or southeast west person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's just over that way, guys. Over that way, just to the right of the what is the you can f- wa-
1: enter the suites from the fellowship hall, uh, opposite right. the fellowship hall. Yeah, oh. it's by
2: wherever the clinic is. You just. Sh- take a right instead of a left <laughs> <laughs> that's where <laughs> we're at over there <laughs> it's near the cortez theater yeah and you yes. go down. It's the same yes. side of the wall. yeah yes yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. so we do a little bit of everything over there um but i specifically work with long-term care and the skilled nursing side of it so we're trying to do more activities and events um with everybody else so people can kind of come down and see timbers and see alpine which is you know assisted living or meadows is where our memory support is so just uh you know get more people coming over there we do fun things over there too so yeah and is that where rehab is also uh-huh how many rooms of rehab do we have um there's about it just kind of depends but i mean we can have up to 12. oh yeah
1: and they can be from Other than Holly Creek.
2: Yes. Yes, they can. Yeah, they can be from um, lots of different places. Obviously, um, anybody that's part of the life care plan, they have precedence, and we, you know, they have priority and we're sure to, you know, we are in close contact with Heidi um, and she will tell us who's in the hospital or what's going on. So we can kind of keep that in mind if we have an open suite. So, yeah.
1: Well, Sandy, you make it a, practice a daily practice almost I to do. visit do, people there. I
0: medical background. I really enjoy mm-hmm. going over there and I'm also a hospice worker. Mm-hmm. I've done hospice work for about 10 years.
1: And when I think I live those in people, California yeah. and then here with Porter Hospice. Yeah. They yeah. enjoy seeing their friends f- that are still in independent living and yes. it's it's nice to yeah. see them coming up here for dinner mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah, uh, sure. yeah. you have a caretaker, or caregiver bring them up right if if we want to have a companion for dinner and centennials or yeah
2: they can bring them and just drop them off and come back and get them like no problem i mean it's it's nice for them because you know i don't i wouldn't say that anybody chose to be in that situation or to be in long-term care or mm-hmm. to need those those you know additional cares and things so it's nice when they can see familiar faces old friends and you know just that one on one just um, interaction you have to, you have to feel forgotten yeah
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly For our neighbors. Some, some people come from the outside into rehab i know several cases that they come from the outside and they like holly creek so much that they yeah they uh, put their name in and yeah it's a good place yeah yeah exactly coming in the side door
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right yeah we do we do but before we um leave that timbers area so to speak i know you have some ideas we want to talk about for future but um we have to talk a little bit about death when this is Surprise as a new resident, sometimes we don't realize um, how often we lose people. And tell us about the visiting process down there with families, and and how do you handle all
2: that? Um, I mean, I think specific. I mean, due to COVID, uh, we've seen a lot more death than anybody in the healthcare field would would like to. Um, so unfortunately we know a lot about the, the dying process as well as the grieving process and, you know, it's really great. Um, I know, uh, Chaplain Jim is gone right now, but we have Chaplain Karen who comes around to the suites a lot. Um, and, and I think it's Anissa, I'm probably saying her name wrong. but That's uh, kind of filling in and coming. Um, She's been really great, too, uh, just to have that extra support because a lot of families, unfortunately, they're not available. You know, they have lives and families and jobs. They can't. They can't be here on a regular basis. It's nice when we have volunteers that can come and sit, just hold a hand, play some music. You know, it's just about making sure they're as comfortable as possible. And yes, we have different hospice companies that come in and assist with that. But, you know, um, any additional volunteers that want to sit and uh, be with people is very important. Just, you know, I think you just have to think of yourself. You know, you wouldn't want yourself or one of your loved ones to be, in a bed, mm-hmm. alone, yeah. not having anyone to be talk, just listen to them mm-hmm. talk or whatever, if you know.
1: Clear across the country, if you know there's a friend sitting there,
0: mm-hmm. a wonderful and Listening nurse. is the most important, Yeah, just to sit there and listen.
2: Well, and for sure, I mean, in general, I think... Um, it's just good to know that hearing is the last thing that goes when That's people right. pass away so um they and hear you talking even when their heart has stopped they are still able to hear you speak and they know you're there so i've,
0: been, I've mentioned that to families yeah. many many times you know there'll mm-hmm. be families around the patient yeah and they'll start yeah. talking and i them yeah, just the read, and say, read them Please. a book, you know. Just yeah. talk about
2: what's happening in the news. It doesn't really matter, you know. It's just the but comfort of the, having that personal connection. And after this, they, they, they not be
0: discussing. The patient and how they feel, and oh, their, et cetera, in yeah. front, in you know, in front ex- of. Don't, their don't bring up
2: that time that they got <laughs> caught doing the thing <laughs> back when they, they, were they were teenager. <laughs> don't bring those things up. <laughs> Leave it in the
0: past. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's but families sometimes don't even realize.
2: You know that their
0: patient can hear right resident, you know.
2: exactly and you know holly creek is does this amazing thing that when they the person actually passes away they let all of the like all of the staff is notified everyone knows um if the if there's a chaplain in the house then or in the community then they will come um and it's they do once the body is moved through the community, I mean, they don't hide it, they don't put them out the back door, they don't hide it away from everybody, they, you know, it's a a very nice procession with all of the staff behind, there'll be either people singing and or playing uh, music uh, as they're walked out with the family and the bodies walked out with the family, all the way to the door, um, all of the staff is there singing Showing support and love. And I think it's just a very nice thing. It's so, you don't so, don't, so nice. You don't yeah. see that anywhere else. I've no. never seen that in any other community. So mm. they and hide I, it away, you know, and yeah. death is a part of life. And right. they hide it and make sure to do it when nobody's around and yeah. very secretive. Yeah, that's, that's one of the comforting beautiful. things to think about. Uh,
1: death is a part of life. This is the process. We go and we...
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Try hard to accept that and but for families that can't be here for them to know that their loved one is treated with that respect, it's it's a wonderful gift Holly Creek has for them. Yeah. And
2: it's very nice.
0: And I think in America there's such a fear of death. They don't want to talk about it. And there are these wonderful groups. I don't know if you've heard of the Death Cafes. No, <laughs> I went no. to se- I went to several of them in San Diego. Oh, really? Uh, yes, and they were really nice. It, it would get <laughs> together for people in uh, small groups and yeah, discuss it openly.
2: Yeah, there's certain things in our society in general <laughs> people don't like to talk about. You know, death being one of them, a hundred percent. But yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, people well, need to talk. Well, you have an idea about living.
1: The sweet life, S U I T E. Yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. us what that idea is.
2: Yeah, you know, we're trying to normalize, um, normalize being in timbers, being in long term care, being in memory care or memory support. Sorry, um, and just kind of normalize life over there because, like I said earlier, people definitely don't choose to have a stroke and not have full functionality or, you know, whatever it may be and whatever brought them to Um, whether it's a cognitive thing or a physical thing. But we're trying to include everybody and get some of those old friends back together, make new friends, and each month we're going to have an activity. Last month we started it, um, Living the Sweet Life. We were up in Alpine. We invited um, some people from Independent Living to come on over, and we had some cocktails, we had some... Some snacks and just some good conversation. Yeah, it was just a fun. It's just an hour, um, and yeah, we're we're gonna have that happening again. We're gonna be this time in Timbers. It's gonna be March sixteenth, and it's gonna be at three p.m. and we're gonna have it in the Timbers dining room. And we're same thing, but we're gonna have a little St. Patty's theme and maybe have some Guinness beer. Have have
0: St. Patrick Day songs. I've talked to Jack Kelly about that
2: yes yes maybe some of us will sing a song yes (laughs) yeah any of that yeah we'll have music and drinks and some food and you know just kind of getting people more acclimated to that yeah we have people in wheelchairs yeah we have people in walkers but that doesn't change the fact that there still might have been your friend at one point in time or that they still need people just to hang out and talk to. When I think it was fun
1: to hear about playing parachute with some of the people. Yeah. Just silly
2: games. Let them yeah. have a little laughter during yeah, their lives. Yeah, exactly. I mean, people need to let go and, like, get outside of the box and just have some fun. I mean, I know a lot of adults don't like doing that, but... You know, it's, it's, it keeps you young, you know, <laughs> so do it. It's fun. So what's
1: your dream when you, when you become a millionaire?
2: Right. Yes. When I, exactly. When that day comes, when I am a millionaire, I have this, this dream of mine to have, I, and I lovingly call it this. So Please don't be offended. <laughs> my dementia farm. I have my dementia farm and because I truly love being around people who have those, you know, have dementia, Alzheimer's, they are a good group of people to be around and they, I want to have a place where they can wander freely, come in and out of, you know, inside, outside, just wander freely so that I need enough space That's why it has to be a farm, so enough space that they can wander but not get lost (laughs) and keep them safe, Um, you know, have animals and give people a sense of purpose. But um, that's pretty much... You know, people, when they have these cognitive declines, they're living in a different time. They're back living in the past. They're not living in the present, and that's hard for families to understand and cope with because they forget they have these children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren. But, um, you know, I want to have a fun place where people can go and... Just have a sense of purpose, have a job, do something that they like to do, take care of animals or garden or whatever it might be. So yeah, my dementia farm has all sorts of different sensory things and things. I have all sorts of ideas in my brain for it, but... I just need to get those <laughs> millions and then <laughs>
1: then I'm thinking it would be nice to be on
2: your farm. Well, you know but what? I tell not you what happen. I also think of my family and the things that I've seen over the over the years of COVID and how people have passed away and the rooms, the size that they what they live in and I don't want that for my family and I don't want that for myself. So I wanna be on a dementia farm and I wanna be around animals and I want to wander and come and go so yeah there was a passion question we asked you Mm
1: -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. and it was about a very special person
2: yes my grandma um she my passion i would say which might sound kind of silly is holidays Holidays and celebrations are my passion. And my grandmother, she, every single holiday, or month, it's like January was snowmen. The house would be decorated. Every month is decorated for a different holiday. And it just is carried through, and it makes people happy. And I try my hardest to, I don't do nearly as good as she did, but, you know, I try. So holidays, or she would send us cards, and she would always post in the card a little... Stick a gum and some cartoons, and so that's what all, yeah. Stick a gum and a cartoon, you know. My grandma always did that for all of us cousins when we were at camp or whatever. So we all remember that and we love that. And I have a tattoo both part of it. Not the gum, but, you know, her <laughs> signature. You know. What does so it say on <laughs> her, on your table? It just says love, XO. She always did the hugs and kisses, XOXO. EXO. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what child would not be happy or grown up to be
1: right. receiving that? I still would like that, yeah. <laughs> Grandma's are special.
2: Yes, I love it, yes. Well, we have, I know we have
1: more to talk about, but uh, people, when you go down, uh, go over to Timber's, you will see, Nikki. There's some doing fabulous work there, and I—we didn't even get into your vision of what it could be like <laughs> in 50 years, more technology, uh, the virtual vision. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, what you plan, not having everything look so hospital-like. Thank you, Nikki, for being here. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, and, uh, thank you so Holly much, Holly Creek is very happy that you're
2: here. Yeah, thank you. This has thank been so you. fun. I thank you, guys.